Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the dark forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. I have a frog in my throat. Feel free to tune in and go to FamilyPetAncestry.com, which I bought on a lark. Anyway, a hundred dollar lark, because I think it's good for five years. I thought I'd, I, I really thought it was, would be funny for five years. Anyway, you've tuned into the show. Maybe you found it via DorkForest.com. Maybe you found it via AllThingsComedy.com. The Al Madrigal Bill Burr, uh, helmed podcast network, which is super fun and has one million podcasts. If you are looking for more podcasts of a comedy nature, browse the hell out of allthingscomedy.com. My, our special is still available there for a $5 download. You can go to, you can link it through me because I don't know what their link is anymore. It used to be allthingsrecords.com slash Jackie Cation. Might still be that. I think you'd have to not cap Jackie Cation. This promises to be the longest intro ever. I'm in New York for this episode, and it's a great episode. I had a lovely time there. And um, the credits, let's do them. Patrick Brady, going to fix this audio. Hooray. And we had lunch in New York. Very nice. And then Mike Rickberg composed and sang the opening song, He'll Sing Again, the Mexican Hat Dance, at the end. And Vilmos fixes my website, JackieCation.com. On my website, there's a banner for Amazon. And if you ever order from Amazon, and everyone does, everyone does, go th- use it as a portal, go to Amazon, make your regular order, and they're proud of me uh, monetarily. Speaking of which, you can also just order merch from JackieCation.com. You can get a Ranger of the Dork Forest uh, T-shirt that my nephew Sam and Bemel Benrude designed many years ago, five, six years ago, and um, or a Dork Forest T-shirt that Brett Chambers Designed, who lives in Portland, Oregon, uh, fan art, beautiful. You can get my new CD or DVD of that show. This will make an excellent Horcrux that's available on all things comedy. You can get one of my old albums. You can, uh, do combo it up and, and save. And that's all available on JackieCation.com. You can order a hoodie. I have some in stock. The zip hoodies that say Dork Forest, Dork on Dork Dialogue. And that's the merch talk. There's also a donation button. It's February. So if you enjoy the show, feel free to donate $10 a month for uh, for 10 months. I have not made that easy for you by setting up any sort of recurring thing, mostly because I don't like recurring things. I know it's easy. Uh, many people have sent me, hey, it's super easy. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't like the idea of things just being removed from my bank account. So... You have to, if you like the show and you want to donate 10 bucks a month, that'd be great. You can also donate, uh, $100 a year, which is super fan status. All that really gets you is me sending you a sticker, possibly a trinket of another sort, and a, and a thank you card. Cause I was raised right. What the heck? Comedy. I do stand-up comedy. If you get a chance, you should come see it. My uh, podcast is just me talking to people about what they love, but my stand-up comedy, uh, is comedy. It's stand-up comedy. It is uh, February 10th, 2015, and so I am in Los Angeles until I'm not, until the 21st of February when I am doing a show at the Vancouver Comedy Festival with Maria Bamford and also something called The Debaters. 
That's right. Where I will hold forth, I will opine about something that I probably know very little about. And then I'm going with her as well, Maria, to Zanies in Nashville, the 24th and 25th. And then I'm doing four crazy dates with Brian Regan again uh, and his awesome fans. Tucson, Arizona, San Francisco, uh, Brian Regan at the Masonic, the Music Hall in Tucson, the Masonic in San Francisco, the Dolby Theater here in Los Angeles, and then somewhere fancy in Flagstaff, Arizona. Yes, there's somewhere fancy in Flagstaff. Anyway, the longest of all messages. You may email me and tell me that this was too long at Jackie at JackieCashin.com. But let's get into it. At RBC Wealth Management, social responsibility starts at the top. As a part of the Royal Bank of Canada, RBC has been recognized among the world's financial, social, and environmental corporate leaders. Our sense of responsibility extends to our reputation for putting clients' interests first. My personal commitment is to help you achieve your financial goals by also considering sustainable and responsible investing strategies. To learn more, visit www.darlacashian.com. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. It's Jackie Cation. I am in New York City, and I'm sitting here with Sean Crespo, stand-up comic, writer, at Sean Crespo. uh, Spelled like scene. Scene. Shan, Shan, son of God. Son of God. Child child of God, I think is what it means. Child of God, son of God. Son of God, a little Jesus (laughs) is the other... What it translates to in the Aramaic. Right. That's uh, less, <laughs> less, uh. Jesu, Jesu Crespo. Exactly. So at Sean Crespo on the Twitter. On the and Twitter. then you have, uh, Crespo Hartzell. Hartzell dot Tumblr. Yeah. Uh, for you and Carol Hartzell. Mm-hmm. Your lovely and talented wife. My as wife. Well. My creative partner. And, and also a comic. And she, well, she's a writer and a producer and a sometime performer. Did she do stand up? She did a bunch of bits. She was doing for a few years. Like she was doing, stuff yeah, 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 yeah. And a lot of the time with me, like, oh, in nice. a, yeah. Okay. So you were like, "We're going on stage now." I was like, I don't "Sweetie, know don't be afraid." And she's like pooping in the corner. It's like, "Oh, what do I say?" Well, we wrote it down. You memorized it. Just remember that you memorized it, and then it'll all be fine. She did great. Say it out loud. Yeah, You're she's good. a pro. You're good. She's not a pro. No. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's, actually, what am I saying? She's not a pro, but she behaved like one for the few years she was performing. Right. And she did. And she did her damnedest. Yeah, yeah, much yeah. like we all do. Yep. So here's what happened. Yeah. There was a squeaky door that I've literally <laughs> I'm staying in this apartment. And this I, is the last dork force. We are about to be murdered. I want to just take the only oil. I can't find any WD-40. Turns out there are stores full of it. Um, But... Uh, the WD-40? Of WD-40. I could just go to the store and buy some WD-40. Oh, I thought you said WD-40, like as in the company that made it folded. I was like, how is there not a call for oil? Oh, no. no All no. right. The actual oil itself, there's none in this apartment. So I could go buy some, or I could just use some of that spray canola oil that's in the cupboard. That does do, that does the trick. It will do the trick. It won't last as long, but you know, right. you're only here for a little bit. I'm, gonna, I'm here for another four days. Yeah. So it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really super loud. So it you is, would think that either uh, this apartment or the one across the hall, which are the only two apartments, I think. Oh, yeah. No, the stairs open up to two apartments. You'll get like – but if you – just by the way, if you do, because I've done that before and was like, hey, why do I suddenly have ants? You might get ants. Oh, my God, ants. You might because that is a – But is I a, will not do it because I fucking loathe ants. 
No offense to no. Hey, you know my dad was a spider. No, (laughs) I get it though. I get it. There's a lot of bigotry towards them. So Sean Crespo, you and I are in the green room, and I am trying to write a book about the drought. A Mm -hmm. book. I'm trying to write a joke. I still have a cold. I'm trying to write a a joke about the drought in California versus Mm -hmm. the non-drought here, and and I want to reference the book Dune, but I can't remember the name of Muad'Dib, and so I. Put it out there to the whole green room, and you head whips around super fast. Ooh, wait, I can tell you the name. You're Paul like, Atreides. You're talking about Paul Atreides is what you said to me. And I, I was did. like, and now we should do a dork forest. Yeah. Oh, no. We are here. Yeah. Mua. When did you read the dork of the Dune books? Oh, I read, uh, I mean, you know, I think I think a lot of us probably start reading books like that at the same age and then just never stop. So you, I, I can't pinpoint yeah. an actual... I but think were the, you were you junior highish? Was it twelve, thirteen? Somewhere around there. My mom was a my mom was a, a, a my mom was a waitress growing up, and okay. she like would just read uh, voraciously uh, yeah. on her breaks, and so she had basically every Stephen King book ever written. So I grew up reading the uh, uh, what was it, the Talisman, and uh, a bunch of his short stories written. Uh, the Jaunt was one of them, and uh, all those Gunslinger books. Okay. Or the first one, because he hadn't written all the rest of them. And, and are those appropriate for children? Yeah, they're fine. I mean, they're, it's not, you know. They're, they're, I would say, like, the, the, I would say, like, the Lovecraft stuff that we might talk about later is yeah. way less appropriate. I didn't read that till much later, but this is like, you know, it's Stephen King. It's scary shit. There's like a bubbly monster that is going <laughs> to suck you under and do bubbly monster shit to you. Oh, and that seems that that seems twelveish. Yeah, seems and 12, all the rest of his books have like you know a magical twelve-year-old boy or girl who oh. is assisted by others. It's like a classic hero of a thousand faces journey with him. Okay, and then the coming of age kind of thing. Or yeah, kind yeah, of like that. A lot of that, like on the cusp. So it felt good. I've never been able to finish a Stephen King novel. It's you know. I, There's so many of them, hmm. and I love his son, his son Joe Hill. Oh yeah, Ghost. Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Lock and Key. Locking. He, well, the graphic novel he wrote was Lock and Key. Heart in the. What was the heart shaped locket? Heart shaped locket. Is, is that, that what pros? it's called? Heart. I'm bad with titles. Fair enough. I'm gonna get through. Oh yeah, the uh, Stephen King's book, Standing Up. You mean the stand? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. What? Right. So, so that's what. But because I never, I didn't read Dune until. Um, after college. Or, oh, really? Or during college. Yeah, because I hadn't read anything, any science fiction. I didn't read Lord of the Rings until I was uh, ni- uh, 19, almost 19. Oh, what were you? Well, let me ask you this. What were, were you like? I was reading a bunch of other crap. But, but literature? You know, were you one I, of those smart kids who just knew, hey, I should be reading the classics no, and like them? No, no, I, I read everything assigned to me. And it was annoying. Yeah. Um, but I did it. And then, um, and then I read a lot I read, uh, like Louis, L- I've read all of Louis L'Amour novels. Oh, really? I read a lot of historical fiction. Uh huh. I was, re- I read a lot of Civil War historical fiction. And like, I read, uh, wh- there's a guy named Joseph A. Altschuler who wrote in the early 1900s, who clearly was born right after the Civil War and it was glorified for him. Mm-hmm. And so he wrote a series of boys' books about the Civil War, about the French and Indian War, about uh, World War One. Oh, okay. All right. So you're like, hey, you know, I've imagined what it was like to be a 17-year-old Union soldier on the way to do whatever, not yeah, what not. if the South had won. No, no, no. It was not speculative. Okay. It was it was essentially a story of two cousins. One fought for the South, one fought for the North. All right, yeah. And Which happens. And they were called boys' books back in the time because they were just essentially the story of, of, of young men doing daring do. Yeah. And kind of piratey kind of stuff. So the, the – and, and they were just giant nerds. These two, these two cousins, <laughs> and one of them 
And it's inc- they were very they're very well written. They're available on Kindle for free uh, because they've been around forever. What? Because they've been around forever and just been nobody's getting forever. They're out of they're in domain. I've and never read any of those. I would love to. They're so you know what? They're very very sweet. And then so those I mean I was reading that. And then when I got my first job, which was uh, my mom was a my stepmom was a hairdresser, and so I would clean the brushes, and, uh, stuff and sweep up and stuff, and she would give me like ten bucks. And, um, that's amazing though. And I go across the street. Yeah. When you're 12. That's a million dollars in kid money. Yeah. I would buy these, uh, I was reading a lot of war mercenary books <laughs> about being a merc in, uh, in Africa. <laughs> a merc. I can't, I would love to picture 12 year old you just reading about oh, yeah. mercs. About mercs. Boy, do they want to leave Wisconsin. I yeah. can't tell you how much. You better take enough ammo to make that journey. <laughs> I was like, can I, is there a way that I, Jackie Cation at 12 can join the service? I can't. No, um, just keep pulling the hair out of the brush, sweetie. On the fact that I could just leave town. I didn't have to join the <laughs> Yeah, you are, you know what? There's not a bubble. It's not Dome yeah. by Stephen King. There, the Dome. Uh, under the right. Dome. Under the Dome. I got it wrong again. <laughs> oh, that was God. A, that was a short-lived TV show, Under the Dome. Yeah, yeah. And there, there was also a Luna Brothers uh, a graphic novel called Girls that was amazing about a dome with... Um, with these nakedy girls that wanted to sleep with uh, all, all the rednecks in town, <laughs> what? so that they could have giant eggs. And, I uh, feel like I want to interview you now because <laughs> I want to find out about all this shit. I've oh. never heard of that. Oh, Luna Brothers Girls is a great. It's a great series. Oh. It's and when Under the Dome came up, I was like, oh, somebody reads comic books and then rips shit off. Oh yeah, and uh, which of course happens all the time. Good luck tracing this source material. Exactly. So. I didn't read Dune until no. I was 19 because my brother turned me on The Lord of the Rings and then yeah. Dune and then Foundation. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and well, all that stuff. And then his wife lot. turned me on to Dragon Riders of Pern, uh-huh. uh, that horrible leper series with that ad- that asshat who – he had leprosy. Uh, I don't remember. Not Neil Stevenson. He wrote Zodiac and Snow Crash. Hadn't read but those. But the other guy – Who's Neil somebody else or Steven? Stevenson. I, no, Steven Donaldson. That's his name. Steven Donaldson. Steven Donaldson wrote a series about a guy who essentially, when he takes a lot of drugs, he goes into a parallel universe where he doesn't have leprosy and he's like a messiah character and he's super sad sack about it because he's like, no, I've got leprosy. And everyone in that, in that world is like, you don't hear. You might want to get over it. And he never does, uh, as far as I could tell. Because <laughs> so, I read four of them, and I was like, I'm done. This is about a journey of a man who doesn't take a personal internal journey. <laughs> He's just sad. I think I must have, because there are people who love those books. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I missing? It's because they read it at a certain time in their lives. We're like, I understand. I get it, man. I have acne. Oh, right. I feel like I'm going to be like that. You know what? They might There might have been a window, like Hitchhiker's. Yeah. So if you, if you, I have a theory that if you read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy too late. Yeah, it already, doesn't, yeah. It doesn't resonate quite as I had much. a physics teacher in high school who was like, you haven't read this at ninth grade. He was like, read it. And I, oh God, I so good. absorbed it because yeah. you know, sarcasm, this is yeah. the greatest invention ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody can do it well and then you find out he's English and it blows your mind because you, your you're tiny. When I first read Catch 22, I couldn't believe something could be written that funny from, Oh, uh, right. About that era. And, you know, that long ago, I was shocked. I was like, yeah. this is, I am gut busting laughing about Yosarian. Yeah. Which, uh, by the way, if you want to find me online to play get Halo with, my uh, handle is PVT Yosarian. So please. PVT, like private? Private. Private Yosarian? Yeah, there wasn't enough room for private. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. And what, and Halo. Yeah, okay, I, I so. only play Halo. Sorry. 
So here's the thing. You read Dune. Yeah. And your mind is blown. Well, it's, I would, blown is, blown not because it was so amazing, but, uh, and it is, yeah. but blown because it's just, it's too much for a young person to take in. It's one of those books where you can say Dune is about anything. Like you can write your thesis on whatever fucking topic. And five you, different people. Yeah. Can write Dune's that. about gender. Dune's about politics. Dune's about inequality, you know, wealth inequality. Dune's about religion. religion Dune's, yeah. Dune's about all of those things. That's why it's so amazing and so difficult to get a handle on. Yeah. And it's also why. Like I, I often tell people, Dune is like the Lord of the Rings of science fiction. Uh, the one book. I mean, yeah. a lot of people have a lot of other feelings about the, oh, you know, the series, the, the other five books, yeah. and uh, they're all. Wrong. I made it through uh, the third, and then I was like, like Paul it, of Dune or what, Children what, of Dune or oh, Messiah yeah, of Dune. When it was, uh, I think, when they got water, I was like, well, now you've ruined it. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, you could say Dune's about ecology. I brought a photo of the order of the books. Oh, did you? Know? Uh, just so we can, you know, if we need source, if we need to refer to it, we know sure. what we're talking about. We don't want to be stuck out here not knowing. Not knowing things. What's going on. But so, but what, it blew my yeah. mind to some extent. Like, I read it once. I haven't reread it. Do you reread it a lot? I read it. I will reread it. You know, it's one of those books that goes in your library, right? It's, yep. But it's one of, now it's like one of 12. So I have all the books. Right. Um, I have them all on a shelf, but I'll take down one. I'll, I'll read every few years. I'll read Dune right. every three or four years. And then I'll be like, you know what? I should just read the whole series again. And that's like, <laughs> yeah. And then you're stuck reading that for like, you know, three months. It's a lot of books to ply through. It's a lot of, yeah. And, and you weed off and you just like, yeah. you and- take a break. Like I'll take a break. I'll go read, you know, I'll, uh, I'm reading the, I read this series of books called The Culture. Uh, uh, series Ian of books. Banks? Oh, you know me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, I've only read two of them because they're super dense. They're, but they're, but they're great. Andy's favorite author. He's Are you his serious? Author. Yeah. Oh my god, Ian, poor guy who died. Yeah, he uh, just passed away last year, cancer, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, but it, incredibly prolific. Yeah, it was another like take on super, super far in the future technology and civilization. It was, yeah, it is. It is Dune like though. He is. Well, it's 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 like it, but also the in a, in a way the polar opposite, right? Because Dune is all about hey, we don't have any thinking computers and machines that do shit for us. We, it's it's mostly about the people. people. Yeah, and mystical and giant sandworms. Yeah, which and culture is just the opposite. It's like the computers are so smart, we, the humans can't possibly stand against them. Right. But for some reason, they are benevolent, and we work together, and it's a good <laughs> right. symbiosis. They're benevolent. Yeah, uh, robot overlords. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, and they all have personalities and names I, and hilarious. They're super cool. Their ship names are played a little hashtag game. Yeah. On Ian Banks' anniversary, I was like, what's your culture ship name and designation? Oh, that's awesome. And like three people replied. <laughs> I was like, come on! <laughs> Nobody's reading these. They're everywhere. They're so good. They're really, really good. Yeah. And so, so I remember reading it and not, I'm, I think when I first read it, I reread it almost immediately. Yeah. I haven't read it in years. Yeah. So it's, Paul Atreides is, he's royalty on this other planet, right? On Caladan or yeah. Arrakis? Uh, on, on Caladan. Okay, so, so this is a real quick, previously on Dune. <laughs> uh, so Duke Leto Atreides is the Duke of Caladan, this water planet, right? And he, he and his concubine, who is the, uh, secret daughter of Baron Harkonnen, by the way, Jessica. What? Yeah. So it's all part of the Benny Gesserit breeding program. So they get oh. the Chome contract. 
which is the company that mines the sand and you yeah, know, and is the like the stock market of the day. Yeah. Yeah, they mine the, the spice. They get the contract to uh, take over Aragus and, and mine the sand and everything, the, the spice. There's that door. Seriously. All right, I'll we'll get some canola. Um, I don't think I don't think they can actually hear it. No, it's fine. But, but just so you know, everybody, right? the door did just squeak. And the door is super loud. Yeah, so. it's intense, but it's fine. We're gonna get through this. We're gonna be heroes. Yeah, it's all gonna work. Uh, so whatever they just they go to the planet and uh, they are. Uh, oh, back up here. Here's, yeah. Because here's the, here's the things I never knew because I've only I haven't read it enough. Okay, let me break it down. The Leo Atreides is his dad. Is Paul yes. Atreides' dad? Yes. And. By Jessica, that who's his concubine, not his wife. Not his wife. Yes. Does he have a wife? There's a whole backstory that uh, Herbert's son and another author nope, had to I flesh out. Nope. I will not go to where Herbert's son goes. I understand, but they based they under they based everything there. You know, they're not as awesome as a writer, obviously. But yeah. how can you expect Did he that? Have notes. That, yeah, that, that's that why they based it? everything. The story okay. itself is based on Herbert's. Like he, he did do a genealogy. He's like you know a, an actor who has like. 10 lines in a show, mm-hmm. like they're going to create a backstory that goes back 20 years. Like okay. you're never going to hear like how, Hey, I was private number seven and I was the guy looking for the coffee before the Nazis shot me in the head. You had <laughs> no idea. I wrote my entire history back in Wisconsin and like okay. I had four dogs and they were a shepherd and a collie and blah. Wow. And so he went that deep. In yeah. 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 So it's all based on that. And it's, <laughs> uh, there was, uh, he had a wife, uh, that he, he was, he was supposed to marry this, this woman who was the, Oh my God. All right, Dork so that you. Oh, I'm Do sorry. It. I'm sorry. I'm like I'm a little like freaking out. All right, so the Lonsrod, which is you know the ro- the no- the the nobility of the universe, right. it consists of a series of great houses, and each to be a great house, you have to control an entire planet or planetary system. And one of the other great houses was House Ikaz, E C A Z. Okay. And this Duke Duke Ikaz had a daughter that was he wanted to marry off to. Uh, uh, Muad'Dib's dad. Okay. And then there's another house, House Moritani, which lived on the planet Grumman. This Duke Viscount Moritani right. was a total dick and was in a feud with Ikaz. And as part of the feud, uh, uh, War of Assassins, uh, Ikaz's daughter that he wanted to marry, Duke Leto Atreides, uh, was assassinated and then they tried it again and he was married and then there was a baby he had Wait, with that woman. They killed the daughter? They killed the daughter in this assassination and then he married one of, I think another one of Ikaz's daughter, his so last Leo daughter. So he just married a different daughter. A different Ikaz daughter and then they managed to conceive, I think. I think it was another Ikaz daughter and then that, her mind was poisoned by a, uh, Har- Har- Harkonnen spy posing as a, a lady in waiting and okay. then she, and then, uh, <laughs> this is, ve- I do remember it being <sighs> super junior high, yeah. like super high schooly kind of like the drama. It's of too all, much. It's like this is the the curse of too much free time. Yeah, is a lot. It's too many things to keep track of, and it's only because I've read all these stupid things a yeah, bunch yeah. of times no, no, that but, I. But it's fascinating because that's where that's I mean that's the spinning that everyone wants to know. Yeah. So. Jessica is a is a secret daughter of Harkonnen. and she doesn't know it. She no. She I think she knows it because she's also a Benny Jesuit, uh, which is the oh, right the Prana Bindu order. She's the one who decides that she's going to have a boy. Yes, yes. Which is one of the a lot of like do nerds will be like that's a little weird that she's part of the order and like knows all this stuff and has total nerve and body contr- impulse control and yet she decides to do this Her thing. Her character has been min maxed. Is that what you're telling me? A li- that- yeah, a little like a little like it's people are like why would she do that when you know A B C and D really mean like 99 percent chance he was going to do this and it's never fully explained. But who 
fucking cares? Why she? Well, the thing is, is so did she not do it to make the Messiah? She did, she, she she did it to give uh, oh because Leo, Leo a son, a, an heir. Yeah, she didn't do it to create uh, the Quetzalcoatl. No, she was supposed to. She was she was supposed to be mated with a. Uh, 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 what was his name? A fade Rutha, who is Baron Harkonnen's nephew, played right. by Sting. Played by Sting in the in the crazy. Yeah, movie. she was supposed to fuck with him, and that was supposed to be the Quitsat Satarak. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, who wants a Harkonnen Quitsat Satarak? It's it's just about gene idea. markers, you know. And here's another little tidbit. Don't know if you know the uh, the Padishah Emperor. He had uh, uh he had a uh, uh uh not an assistant like an advisor uh count fenring i think was his name he was yeah. a eunuch he was a failed quitsat satirac because oh. of his genes came out all jumbly and fucked the uppy right. he didn't have any junk downstairs and so that's why he couldn't oh like, so he was a born eunuch yeah okay yeah supposedly which means so he, like he didn't screw up and they're like well this didn't work let's cut <laughs> yeah. off his balls i didn't foresee the part where you cut off my balls i <laughs> really wish that were part of this water of life thing uh, right. And then, so, she thinks, welcome to New York. Honk, screech, gunshot, cat. Thank you, sound guy from Trading Places. It's, a, it's an episode of the movie Big. And, uh, hey, just, what's this piano on the floor doing? Turn the TV up. And, uh, the, but what great, what, what gripes me sometimes mm-hmm. is trying to figure out, like, the whisper voices Oh, from the, 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 the movie, the, prod- the, the control voice. Yeah. What is that? The, the narrator. But- it's not, so, but it's supposed to be, so the Benny Jesuit practice something called Prana Bindu, which is like, to- it allows you total control, uh, over your, all your nerves. And one of, uh, one of the. Is fear the mind killer? That's the litany of fear. Okay. One of the one of the things they they have is called the the weirding way in okay. the movie in the in the 1986 movie. Yeah. Uh, they it's just they just have wristwatches that shoot beams if you make the right noise okay. and have the prana bindu training. That's not what it's supposed to be, but like what it allows you to do is basically short distance teleportation for close in fighting. So you're basically invincible if you can if you have prana bindu in the weirding way. Like you oh, wow. if you're like you the guy goes to throw a swing at you, like suddenly you're behind him and oh your neck's broken. Oh wow. Yeah. It's about it's because your your mind is so strong and your nerves that you are able to control the perception of reality itself and therefore reality itself and suddenly you have willed yourself to another Do, spot. Are are the are the 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 Benny Benny, Jes- Benny Jesuit. The Benny Gesserit, do, are, are they trained in the weirding way? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I Which mean, is why be... they're so freaking spooky in the book. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're deadly and terrifying. They are horrifying, not horrifying, but like a, a horrifying enemy to have. Right. But they're also, they're also sort of dipshit meddlers that have gone too far and are also part of, like, they're, you've yeah, just they're created drama. To, they're trying to create a god. And then yeah. they don't have control over Paul Atreides. Yeah, they try, they want to create a god that they want to control and Paul, a series of events leads Paul to take the water of life, right? So he's not supposed to. They couldn't really foresee that because their prescience isn't strong enough. And there were too many probability lines for them to, like, see where the nexus is. Okay, so Paul Atreides <laughs> is born as a, as a, as a boy. And mm-hmm. he's not supposed to be. He's supposed to be a girl. Well, he's, and with another father. With a different father. But yeah. Jessica decides to get pregnant. Yeah. Have a boy because Leo Atreides needs a, an heir. Yeah. Now, um, she knows she might be creating the Muad'Dib or the Quetzalcoatlrak. There's or a tiny possibility she has hope, but really, like the the Quetzalcoatlrak was probably a grandson away, like another generation. So they were like Fade and her were supposed to have a baby. That baby was 
almost definitely supposed to be the Quetzalcoatl Adirac, but if not, they have like several other gene lines that they've been fucking around with for 10,000 century years. Right, that they were trying to create this. Thing. So they had a few other options. So that's why they let Paul grow up. That's why they didn't and, uh, meddle. Yeah, and they were also like curious to see what, because once he took past the pain test and then the Gom Jabbar. But yeah, but he was, um, cause when we get into it, he is like 15, right? Yeah, 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 he's so, young. He's young, but he's not a baby. Well, he's been secretly trained by Jessica in, in oh, the Benny Gesserit ways. Way. So he's way stronger than the, uh, the, uh, Gaius Helen Moham, who's the, the boss of the Benny Gesserits. Uh, she's the Reverend Mother. She's, oh, okay. she wasn't totally expecting that, but found out from Jessica, he trained him. All right, let's. Then well, not... I guess we gotta put, stick his hand in the yeah, box. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. Now, what's the box again? The box is just a neural, uh, a, a, a neural, uh, synthesizer. Like it creates the sensation of very specific pain. Okay. So that's why you see his hand on fire and. In the movie. Yeah. And one of the things I said earlier about like one of the surprise things that would have like tipped people off is like that got the Helena notices like, oh, he withstood more pain than anybody yeah. ever has. That should have been like, let's keep him here instead of sending, sending him out to the world and letting him be an out of control Quitsat Satarak if he turns into one. Because the Quitsat Satarak is not supposed to, it's not a Dune thing, right? It's not an Arrakis thing. No, no. Uh, it's a universal thing, right? Yeah, it could. I mean, if. What was it supposed to be? The Quitsat Satarak is just, I, I think, I forget what the literal translation means, but it's just somebody who can be in many places at many times. It's somebody who can foresee all probabilities and manipulate events uh, towards the one they want. Okay. So if, which is why they wanted to control it. Yes, exactly. Which okay. is why it's like, it's the ultimate hubris. They were trying to create this God creature that then they could point at. Things. Yeah, exactly. And okay. then they would be in control because they felt the universe was disordered. But so now what did, what no, did please. the spice do? The spice, what does the spice in, is a drug. Yeah, it's a geri- it's a life enhancer, which is why they call it a geriatric. Okay. But it's, it's also like, it's a, it's a, Reality enhancing things. So it gives like, you know, fairly smart people a little tiny bit of prescience. So it's like a fun party trick for the super nobles. Okay. But they used to say like, you know, you could buy a planet if you had, if you filled a suitcase with a spice. Like that would be the price of a plant. That's how valuable and rare it was. Okay. Cause it was only available on this one planet. Yeah. At the time. I mean, later on it's available in several places. Like as the books go <laughs> right, on. They just, they just start producing. Yeah. They it. just have like a Starbucks. It's like, <laughs> it's those, and, and the thing that produces it are those worms. Yeah. Which is why those guys are so, like the Fremen are so, and by the way, the Fremen are so crazy religious because of the Bene Gesserit. The Bene Gesserit have this thing called the Missiona Protectiva or something. Okay. And it's, they've basically just, and they've basically just spread, uh, mythos rumors around the universe, primitive, the primitive cultures of the planets within the empire. Okay. Uh, to the primitives there so that like a, a thousand years later, if a reverend mother is in trouble, she can manipulate them and find out. Oh. What do you believe? Oh, you believe a star god is going to come and they will have wings? Like, oh, I will, f- um, I will, I'll wear my hair so it looks like I have wings. There you go. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they, so the, they've been orchestrating this for 10,000 generations. Yeah. Yeah. In an amazing and amount of time. I vaguely remember that. So he, he just goes to Arrakis because he's, he's, he's on walkabout or something. Well, he right? go, well, he goes, no, he goes with his dad because they get the, that Shom contract, but then. Okay. House Harkonnen is in league with House Carino, which is the Padishah Emperor. Okay. Uh, and the Padishah Emperor sends, uh, an assassin, right? To kill Leo? He sends an assassin, but they send, they send waves of troops disguised as Harkonnens. The Emperor has these 
troops called the Sadakar troops that are just like oh, right, super right. soldiers. Yeah, yeah. Right? They're like the badasses of the day, but like the thing they don't, you know, they don't really get to in, uh, in the movie or can't get to really is that by that era, the Sadakar sort of like, they're okay. They're pretty right. badass, but they're not like at their, at their peak, they would have been undefeatable. And that's why they get, they get their asses kicked later by the Fremen. Right. Uh, because, because the Fremen, first of all, it's their home turf. Yeah. And, and they just grow up under the most horrific, dire, you know, life winnowing circumstances. Right. Right. Like living in Alphabet City in the eighties, you know. Oh, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I tried to bring it to reality. I don't know why. So, but what the weird thing is for me is that, cause I'm trying to, so he goes with, does his dad get killed? Yes. His dad is killed as... He, in a Disney-like moment where he no longer has a parent. He has, right. uh, yeah, yeah. Jessica, I remember the scene in the movie and I remember mm-hmm. the scene in the book when he, when Paul Atreides has to fight the Fremen. Well, the way they, they, they have to, they lose their fucking, they, they're almost the entire, all of House Atreides is almost entirely defeated. Although if you look at the movie, it looks like House Atreides has 150 soldiers instead of a planet's worth of... Right. Armada, but, uh, they're betrayed by their doctor, who's Dr. Yui. Okay. Uh, do you remember that? Like, he replaces yeah. a tooth in Duke Leto's mouth with a, a, that if he bites down on it, will release gas. And in exchange for allowing Jessica and Paul to live, he secrets them away to a ship and okay. loosens their bonds. Uh, Duke Leto trades the bite down on the, on the, the tooth when Har- Baron Harkonnen gets close, blow the gas into the Baron's face, and that'll kill him. And that's, Doctor, you. What the, 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 yeah. Is that what the emperor wants? That's what the doctor wants because the doctor, and yeah. this is why this fucking book is so complicated. The doctor was kidnapped by Pete, by <laughs> Peter DeVries, who is Baron Harkonnen's mentat, which are human computers, which we right. have, they have in that universe because no com- thinking computers are allowed due to the Larian Jihad. They broke his, it's called Souk conditioning. Dr. Souk, uh, thousands of years ago was this amazing doctor and set up this the best medical training and he was conditioned by the Imperials mentally to never be able to do harm. But Baron Harkonnen's I'm having a meltdown. Baron, I've never had to think this hard about this. This is the greatest. I can't even stop you. Like, I just want to put another Nick because the thing is, is there are so many layers to the damn. And you can't explain one without getting into the other 10. And then you're like, well, now I have to explain the other 10 for each of the other 10 layers. Right, right. And so if someone hasn't read it, though, I would definitely re- – I mean, we're not spoiling anything. No, I mean, you, you just it, got – It's almost impossible. You won't remember this, yeah. There's, right. There's no way to – the thing is, is it is a coming-of-age story yeah. of this young man, and it is an action-packed, awesome book. Yeah. It, of, there's mysticism. There's action. There's – you know, there's the classic intrigue and there's, if right. you and like there's, that. There's soap opera bullshit. Yes. Everything yeah. is in this book and it's in this book. There's space, there's lasers and the sort of lasers. There's yeah. sword fights if you read the rest of the book. I mean, it's impressive. There's, and there's giant fucking worms. Giant, and let's, that's before we get to the giant worms, there's all that. Yes. And then he rides a goddamn He giant rides worm. a fucking worm. That's one of my favorite. Carol and I wrote this uh, pilot called Alternate Side Parking that... Uh, Alternate Side Parking? Yeah, it's about two best friends who uh, get run out of money, and it's sort of like a like a Broad City thing for 40-year-olds. Okay. Like, they lose... It's If that shit kept going on, it got really, really sad. Like, mm-hmm. if they lose all their money, they have to move into their car. Yeah. Um, and Urbaniac's going to be, like, the bad guy in it, which yes. will be fun. James um, Urbaniak. I know. Friend of the show. Awesome. He's everywhere. The guy's everywhere. He's I'm- fucking everywhere, but he's a... There, we have a lot of, like... It's sort of like a... 
there's a very, did you ever see spaced Simon Pegg and Edgar yeah. Wright show? It's a little spaced like in that there are pop culture cutaways. And one of them is the two main characters mounting their shitty mini Cooper, um, <laughs> a la a worm in still suits. Okay. And then they just blow up the mailman with their weirding modules for no reason. <laughs> so that is entirely written for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it is very specific. It's so specific. Somebody want to buy it? Let us know. Yeah, let somebody call it. <laughs> so, the, okay. So, but the crazy thing is, is so if Paul Atreides had never gone to Arrakis, if the whole Atreides yeah. clan and their troops had not gone there to to take over the spice mining. Right. So clearly the emperor wanted to destroy both of those families. Yeah. He found both of those families to be a threat. Yes. Yeah. So now he, what he has is he's destroyed the Atreides family mostly. And Harkonnen or no? No. Uh, basically something with that Moritani and Ikaz family, the emperor yeah. was involved in some of that shit degree. And if the Atreides stick around, eventually it'll come out and his assistant count Fenring was like, come on, let's fuck, let's deal yeah. with it this way. So he thought he was going to give the, you know, the Harkonnens with his Sardaukar troops would go in, fuck up the Atreides, they'd be gone forever. Yeah. Which they would have been if Dr. Yui had not let Paul go. Right. Um, and then was later reunited with uh, one of the Atreides stalwarts, uh, Duncan Idaho. And oh, her- Duncan Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. Who Duncan Idaho, lived? who's actually, if you read to the very end of the books, yep. with, like the ones that his son and his partner okay. wrote. They're, I Just know they're from not- every scrap of piece of paper yep. that... that uh, Herbert left lying around. Well, if you read the first, the fucking books that Herbert wrote are so like, like if you keep going, Paul's just a small part of the story. Like you oh. get to the end of the movie and you're like, oh, it's all resolved. He's going to like, he's going to lead to the, the universe like to a better the place. Like, nope, it's not even close. Yeah. Yeah. Not even closely resolved. It's just like he's, he the actually. the world is real. Yeah. The world is that big. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he was getting to the, he, Paul, Got his shit together long enough to save the family and disrupt the empire the way it was. But the next stage of what happens, he, like you read like three books in later, he was basically supposed to become a human sandworm hybrid and become the god emperor of doom, which is what one of his sons winds up doing. And Paul like loses his- I saw that picture on the cover of like the fourth book and I was like- Wait, is that a dude on the cover of, of on the face yeah. of a worm? Yeah, it is. Um, that's it really just is. bad art. Uh, <laughs> yeah, is where, yeah. Is, is why it put me off. A little like smiley face, like really, it looks like smiley <laughs> from Se- swarmy from Sesame Street. Don't, yeah, don't ruin the book <laughs> with the art. It's a note to publishers. Yeah, I will put the book down, judging it on its own. <laughs> that's you're allowed to. This is America, this Freedom is, Town. It's just so hard to figure out how to how to pay for it all. So but, <laughs> the. So the, the story isn't Paul. It's, yeah, it's just a nice, it's a, it's the struggle for Paul. The way it starts off with this struggle for Paul is like, it's so what's, what, what's the huge reveal about Duncan Idaho? Duncan Idaho is, so Duncan Idaho turns out to be what Paul was supposed to be. They thought they were creating the ultimate Quitsat Satirac. Yeah. But the ultimate, ultimate Quitsat Satirac is like, you have the best, you have like the A plus. It turns out there's an A plus plus that was actually Duncan Idaho through without anybody foreseeing this except for. He was just training. Wasn't he a training guy? (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. He was, but he was, he was, they call them Golas. They're clones that can reclaim their genetic memory from the past versions of themselves. He was cloned and killed by. 
uh, Paul Atreides' son, who's the worm god emperor of Dune, yeah, uh, like a thousand times, oh, and wow. then there's like three thousand years of it's called the Great Famine or something, and the scattering, and uh, the universe is the human universe is sort of breaking up. And they've sent out all these, all the different factions have sent out their groups to the universe at large to just plant the seed somewhere else. It doesn't look good. It plant the seed right. somewhere else. Just, right. and then one of those groups encounters the thinking machines from the book that Herbert hadn't even written. Frank hadn't even written. Okay. Yeah. Which is why the Butlerian Jihad existed. That was all to stop the thinking machines. So those thinking machines were just out there millions of light years away, planning and building an armada of, of literally a million ships. And they're slowly coming back by the last book. And one of, one of the thinking machines has stopped being just a machine and is more than just a machine. And Duncan Idaho turns out to be, more than just a man and just and so that's where the, the final battle is between those two that well the thinking machine is actually sort of on the side of uh of the it's called the golden path which is avoiding stagnation of both it's just avoiding stagnation mental and cultural okay. stagnation so that there is something to live for and that Evolution we don't and, and yes moving forward and changing yes. and, evo- and Evolving in the, in the, in the general word of the meaning of the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into something more than just what you are, because what's the point if you just stay? So he, yeah. this robot basically meshes with Duncan Idaho, who's the ultimate quitsat satirac, and now he controls both machines and humans in a way. Oh, and wow. it's, it's bananas. It's bananas! <laughs> it sounds kind of awesome. It's great. I mean, again, like you said, like you don't, like a lot of people have. It's uh, the hump. I, I couldn't get over the third book. It's I think hard. I was just like, Okay, well now now everybody's got water. We can <laughs> the don't have to ride the the you know. Cause huh? I, they got oh, a subway wow. system. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, whenever whenever there's so many books that do that where you're yeah. just like, well, you took away the thing that I liked. Like, did you read yeah. Brandon Sanderson's Mistborn series? No, what is that? It's a beautiful book. Uh, book one, uh, actually, <laughs> and book two, and then book three. The mist is gone, and you're like, nope, oh, loved the fucking it's called, mist. It's called mist. Uh, needed uh, needed. Needed there to be mist, and the mist isn't good. Does he bring it back at all? I don't know. Oh, you I stopped. stopped okay, it because I was like, "Well, st- why? Why is such an ass hat taking away my mist?" Yeah, and and the mist, there was trouble. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the mist is showing up is never good, right? The mist was a bit of an adversarial. There was trouble, so and and it got super religious because Brandon Sanderson is one of these young Mormon, one of the new the new yeah Mormon, yeah yeah Morrison Scott Card train. Oh yeah. Um. Science fiction writers. Catholic Church somehow survived. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, it's, you know, he's got this plan to, he, the Mormons, you know, like, like all groups. Yeah. All groups want to help within their group. Mm-hmm. Because you're, that's who you're hanging out with. Yeah. And you're like, well, I'm going to have a mentor program with young comics, right? Yep. Like I might be like, oh, that's, that guy's a good guy. I'll tell the booker that that guy's a good guy. Yeah. That kind of That's thing. awesome, by the way. If you were doing that, that's fucking well, amazing. Because okay. <laughs> well, yeah, it can't hurt. Um, it can't, it sometimes can't. I help. wish some, there had been that sort of thing when I was younger and somebody had said, just wait until you're maybe 25 and know something of the world. Oh, it's so, it's, it's, it's so hard to get up, you know? So yeah. you just want to, you want to be of some, some, but the, the, the point, the weirdest thing about it is that there are probably a half a dozen, three or four great writers, and Brandon Sanderson is one of them. Yeah, and he is—he's just a—he's—he's got to be thirty years old, and he's written—he wrote a book called Elantris. I don't know. Blessedly, that. one book, <laughs> one story, but the work—he's—I bet poured he's, himself into it. You think? Yes. Yeah. And it was his first book. 
So I think well, the greatest thing about it is that I bet you there's an entire uh-huh. world that he has in notebook form. Yeah, I bet. With genealogies and backstories and what their puppies were when they were I kids. I think you and, sort of have to do that, don't you? I, I mean, think if you're going to create a world. Yeah, because it's not, you're not writing a comedy book. You're not writing like a book of silly essay. It's not like right. Stephen Martin or John Hodgman have written a book and they had to spend 50, they like mapped out the thought process of each silly essay. They're just right. Like, yeah, it's not a series of essays. Yeah. It is a world where magic is real and lives are changed mm-hmm. and there's three major religions. Yeah. So you're like, three major religions? Well, you have to invent those religions. Yeah. And then you have to invent those priests. The traditions, the garb. Those priests' backstories for the reason they became priests. Yeah. And that's Elantris. <laughs> yeah. You know? And Elantris is this, it's a beautiful book. It actually, you would like it because it feels dunish. Does that, is, have you ever read the Hyperion Cantos? I read the like, first one with Dan, the Shrike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause that, there's. Terrifying. He, that is a scary fucking creature. That was one creature. of the scariest fucking books I read. And I was like, and done. Yeah, no, and you Couldn't know what? Do. Couldn't You're do totally two. fine to end it there, but as it does, as it goes on, it, it gets very, it's very much about what we talk about when we talk about religion sort of thing too. So it okay. has that aspect. It's really, really, and it, it has a small, tiny Catholic church that has somehow survived on one planet called Packham. Oh yeah? That later turns out to be, eh, it's too much, but. <laughs> I'm so tired. I've never been this tired. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that is the thing about podcasts that are different than, than, than yeah. stand up is that you're using a different part of your, yeah. Like, like I literally, people are like, why, why wouldn't the show go? And I'm using literally wrong again. Do, I think we all should at this we point. We all should at this point. Cover each other's tracks. <laughs> literally. <laughs> so at, when, when I'm done with these things, I have to take a nap. I, I, I bet. Cause I'm, I'm so focused on listening. People sometimes ask, why is the show only an hour? Why, why don't you just keep going? And I was like, because everyone's tired. Everyone's tired about <laughs> yeah. talking about the thing that they love. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, as much as Suli McCullough loves sneakers, <laughs> there is an hour, maybe an hour love. and a half in sneaker talk. Was that sneakers the shoe or the movie? Sneakers, <laughs> sneakers the shoe. Okay, because oh, I can come back for the movie. The movie. Da, 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 da. <laughs> okay, it passed uh, geese having a uh, <laughs> a party. Ah, uh, there's. Have you? Oh my God, David Strathairn! Have you seen uh, the web series Carol and I are doing? Life no. hacks with David Strathairn. No. Yeah. What's it called? Life hacks with David actor David Strathairn. I I do a really good David Strathairn impression, and okay. the whole web, they're each like a minute long. It's just. And it's you just, have a web series? Yeah, we're just. Uh, well, we're, people, we should plug that. We should tell people. Oh yeah, yeah. That. Life hacks with it, but it's just him, and he's like this. He's David Strathairn. He's a venerable. Character uh, actor. Like he's a, a beloved character actor from theater and film. This is so beneath him to do it. So we just thought it'd be so funny if he tried to do it, but didn't know what a life hack was. And he just keeps giving advice like, don't, uh, the next time you think to watch the fantastic Mr. Ripley, uh, maybe don't. It's a very intense film. But David, that's not a, it's not a life hack at all. Right. <laughs> it's just advice. Well, I don't know. It's very, your Define children. life hack. Yeah. Why do I not know what the word life hack is? My wife was the comedy editor at Huffington Post for okay. five years. Now she's working on another web thing. Uh, yeah. She's a web comedy producer at another thing. So that's the only reason I know a life hack is – because that's like, hey, if you are if you grew up with the internet from day one, life yeah. hacks are boring and old hat. It's just like 
It, it, shortcuts. Cheat code for yeah. It's cheat okay. codes for crap that you don't really need. Hey, you make your pasta in three minutes instead of five. Oh you my cut God, into what the doing with that extra two minutes. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, it's like David Cross's the nuclear scissors. We don't. What are you gonna do with those three seconds at the end of your life? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I don't. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. The fiddlier the recipe, the more yeah. interested I am. I I make a pot uh, a pork roast that takes two days to make. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's it's really great. It's a it's a North Carolina pulled pork. That's really good, and but it it can take two or three days. And by the end of it, you're like, I don't even want pulled pork. Yeah, that was enough. Smelling mustard and vinegar for days. Yeah, the journey was the destination. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. Yeah, Carol has Carol and I have a big green egg out back in our in our backyard because we live in New York City, and like most people, we have a garden in a backyard. What? Like most, we live with another couple, so okay. we we have like this crazy space. It's amazing, you know. Aparna Nancherla, who I've been trying to get on the Dork Forest to talk about her. architecture, uh, which is an awesome topic. Nobody's yeah, ever talked that's about. That's deep. That's that's great. Yeah, says the man who spent forty minutes talking about the first book of. Yeah, let's and we can keep going, and we will tell you about Norma we Senba. Will weed off briefly. Just a little breather. <laughs> yeah. People need to go get a soda. Yeah, go take a poop break. <laughs> it's uh there's dark chocolate with the caramel by the way if you want to uh, i might just well you know what i'll hold off till after because otherwise i'll be like oh so anyways, yeah no one wants to hear it As a fact, i get emails saying why do you feed people during the thing <laughs> nobody wants to hear it's it. cracker day here at dork forest oh <laughs> the worst the only one that anyone really complained about for real and it was many people some people have occasionally gone that's a lot with the with the nuts and the and the chocolates. Yeah, yeah. But the only the bad one was Matt Knutson brought a shrimp ring. What? Well, I was doing a bit about a shrimp ring. Oh, oh, oh! And <laughs> and so he thought it was funny to show up with a. It's funny. And we genuinely, we literally ate the entire fucking shrimp oh, ring. And it great. must have been thirty six <laughs> shrimp. Too. It was me, him, and I forget who the third person was. I, uh, but because that person didn't bring a fucking shrimp ring, that's why I don't remember him. I miss and, shrimp. But it was a great it. episode. And it wasn't that great of an episode because all it is is a crunch, fucking crunch, crunch, crunch. Yeah. 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 I used to, I, I right. grew up in Boston. I used to love shrimp. Can't, uh, seafood. I can't eat any crustaceans. I'm a, that iodine. Oh, okay. Oh, you had a reaction. Yeah. It was bananas. It's, uh, I'm having, I'm having a, here's too much info. I'm having a reaction to refined sugar these days. Oh, really? It's fucking with my throat. Oh shit. And, uh, that's Did you, a money maker. Are you checking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you go to a doctor to see if it's like some weird, is it, is it an algorithm? No, no, this is, uh, what I've done is some self-diagnosis. <laughs> good, <laughs> good. When, uh, Always when safest. I eat less uh, yep. refined sugar, my throat doesn't hurt so much. Oh, fuck. And it doesn't get all scratchy. And I, I, I have one voice I do on, on, I have the dumb guy voice. Yeah, yeah. In jokes. And then I have an old man dumb guy voice. Those are the only two <laughs> impressions I do. <laughs> And I can't do the old man dumb guy voice when my throat is all scratchy. Oh, that's half uh, That's uh, half the voices. <laughs> that's half of them. You can't do that. Yeah, it's like what if Patton lost the ability to do that shouty thing or Bill Burr right. with a high voice like, Ee! Bill Burr's jo- voice drops an octave. It's going to be weird. That would be weird. It'd be. Uh... It's not going to happen because, Bill, you've gone through puberty, right? Right, right. The other, the, the, all the shoes have dropped. That's my analogy. That's my analogy. So, um, all let's talk Dune movies. Sure, sure. M- wasn't there a sci-fi? I think I saw one of them. Miniseries? There were like two, there was one sci-fi did a miniseries and then there was another one that sci-fi might also have done that was, they, they redid Dune as a miniseries and then they did was Children it of Dune. Was it SCI-FI or was it SCI? I think it was the old SCI. Instead of SFY. Yeah. Yeah. And then the SY, F-Y. S-F-Y. 
Yeah. Like crazy people for yeah, no reason. It's five marketing. Because three twenty three year olds thought it's hip, man. Can you Let's imagine just shorten the, it? Yeah, what purple? I don't know. Thirty meetings took place over like the font. Right. There were free salads galore. Oh yeah, a lot of bottles. I, of water. Dude, I were I was a joke writer at an ad agency for like a year and a half for this one account. Yeah, and I just the belly of the beast. Some very nice people. Like you of can't course. believe. Like I went in there a little like like Bill Hicksy. Like fuck these people and like yeah. no, they're just fucking working. They're fucking have these jobs. Everyone but just has jobs. The the fucking the amount of masturbatory, utterly useless, going nowhere. Nobody's making a decision. This conversation not has not progressed one half an inch meetings is mind blowing. And that is 90% of the business. The rest is like some guy in an editing room just yeah. making, Who's you know, making decisions with no oversight. Yeah. Color correcting the Svedka cyber dog to make it's like, ah, fuck it. He gets okay. an orange top. Yeah. That guy doesn't need any <laughs> chest hair. I'm airbrushing it away. Yeah. 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 It's all gone. And it's weird because that it, the decisions that are real decisions don't seem to be yeah. nobody's making them. How do you take credit for anything in an ad agency when everybody is involved? Every job is like that, though. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, whenever I watch someone, like, when I, I was talking about this yesterday to somebody, I don't know, um, about when I went to um, any of those military tours. Mm. When you meet people who are in the military, you're like, oh, it's a job. Yeah. And it's the same kind of job... I mean, they're, they're, you know, if you run a drone or if you yeah. have a rifle, these are, these are more intense. Yeah. But they're still, like that American Sniper movie came out and the I guy. I haven't seen it yet. I didn't see it. I've just read a bunch of articles and me people too. have opined. Yeah. And, uh, so <laughs> let me opine some yeah. more without ever seeing it. I will not opine about this. It's, but it's, it seems to be that the, cause the, the interviews with the guy, he's, I want to read the book more than see the movie. Yeah. Quite honestly, where he said that, he liked the job. He didn't like the killing of people and he was sad that, and he, re- he doesn't regret doing his job well. Yeah. He regretted that his job was killing people and that was what he was good at. Yeah. And imagine, and, and who I was talking to, it was, I think it was Ron of Ron and Fez at XM Radio. Yeah. He asked me, he said, imagine if someone told you that stand-up comedy was actually evil and bad and wasn't good for people, you would still figure out a way to do it. Yeah. And justify it. That's true. And I was like, oh my God, I was so would. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Listen, there's a group of people. I'm just going to, I'll just, it's localized. It's fine. Yeah. These people need me. I don't think you know. Yeah. This 50 to 300 people really want (laughs) to, they just, we talk, it's, and we have a history, so it's fine. We have a history. (laughs) No, that's like, that was like, you know, what was it? Uh, 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 not game six, but, uh, the Red Sox movie, uh, with, the, the one the, the with Jimmy Fallon. With, yeah, yeah, with Jimmy With Fallon the Tonight Show's Jimmy Fallon and, the, and, and Drew Barrymore? Yeah, they have a, he, in the movie, he has a realization or with his friends when they see, like, uh, they see Johnny Damon at, uh, at a bar in Boston, uh, and they go up and I think they ask for autographs and they're pissed off that, uh, they're not gr- more grateful to have fans. Just wa- or like no 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 they're they're just watching them eat and they're like how can they fucking eat when you know so much is on the line oh right right they're and in one a of restaurant them says, and yeah and they're oh right because it's just their staring. job yeah because it's their job <laughs> he's gonna go to the Yankees he's not he's maybe he's sad but he can't control the entire industry right he can't like say oh yeah no we, I'm one player and we should all have salary caps and we should be allowed to stay on our team for life yeah good luck. Good luck because I want to play with my little league team until yeah. I die. Yep. It's, yeah, it's, 
that's a job too, that whole sport business. Yeah. And, um, you do, you do lose track of that. There's so many, like, so many things that feel so personal in this world, especially if you're, you know, you go well, if you're a non- spectator. Yeah. Well, especially as you're, as the, and, and quite honestly, sometimes from the cheap seats. Yeah. You know, when you look at like the president or you look at congressmen, I don't want to, uh, but if you look at them and you're just like, well, why aren't you doing the thing I want you to do? You have no idea what the job looks like from yeah. the inside. And yeah, what, what negotiations, what compromises have to be made? They're not, like you could say, you tell somebody stand strong all you want, but like poor Obama, who was already a centrist to begin with, he was just trying to push the country back from far right to maybe a little, yeah, more maybe centery. Yeah, and it, everybody's like, oh, I thought he was going to be like this this socialist here. It was like, why he was? Why would you think that? He's right. like he's like he talks about. We're going to com- need him, and then we're going to need Teddy Roosevelt again. Yeah, we're going to need Franklin Roosevelt. Yeah, again. give it like three generations of right. two-term presidents. <laughs> Seriously, like right. think of, to, to undo three generations of right-wing damage. Like so, imagine all the like the compromise that dude has had to backdoor meetings that he's. And then he's not even, they, they turn their backs on him. And they won't even make backdoor compromises with him half yes. the time. So he's yes. like, he looks like, and, and uh, what I was like, yeah. you know what? This is getting, this is worse than Dune. This is worse <laughs> is than Dune. It is worse than Dune. So let's get back to Dune the movie. Sure, sure. The only good scene in Dune the movie for me. Father. Sleepers Awakened. Oh, wait a minute. What is that scene? The, when he t- wakes up after taking the water of life. and then What is the water of life? I forget what the water of life is. It's the, they drown a baby worm and the fluid. <laughs> wait, th- is the water of life a, a raucous thing? Uh, is it always an raucous thing? Yeah, it's the it, the water of life is comes from when, uh, and the Bene Gesserits use this to make their final transformation to Reverend Mothers. The water of life, they drown a, so a, a baby worm. So a is a big deal in the Bene Gesserit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it didn't always factor into it, but now that everybody's on spice, it's like, you know, it was like the arrival of petrochemicals. Like suddenly it's in everything. Okay. So it's like, no, you, you, you have, <laughs> we cannot have a civilization as we know right. without petrochemicals. Right. Or, or some genius makes a, uh, a uh, substitute that's just as functional. Right. So, but they drown, you drown a baby worm and the, the death fluid is called the water of life. And that brings about, it's a poison that you, brings about a transformation. It's a marinated worm juice, essentially? That's all it is. That's all it is. Because a worm died in that. A baby worm. A baby worm. It adds some sort of magical properties to it. Yeah. There's like a whole biology with the sand trouts, like that, uh. Sand trout? Yeah. They're like. Is that a fish? It's a sand fish. Okay. And they're like sand manta rays, basically. That, uh, oh, okay. Do, do, uh, Atreides, Paul's son, who becomes the god emperor, he's being attacked, and he basically realizes part. he has to make the difficult choice his dad wouldn't, and he covers himself in these sand trout that are like, because they're ba- basically the... They become the way worms become worms. They're like super strong, super powerful, super heat resistant. And they're like trying to shoot lasers at him. And they're just like, he's absorbing them all and he's fine and he's able to live, but they change your biology, makes him into the worm man. Yeah. But yeah, the water of life is they, when the Reverend mothers drink it, they're, they have to, uh, transmute the actual like molecule by molecule, the chemical into something not poisonous and therefore oh. prove they have total control of their body. Okay. Yeah. And still a lot so of them So what die. they have to do is they have to drink poison yes. and transform it into not poison. Yep. With the power of their minds. Yes. To- yeah. Okay. Yes. So they are trained to do this <laughs> from a tiny 
child. Yeah, they're they're you know Benny Jesuits are iocane powder. Yes, exactly, exactly. As they go along, colorless, colorless, and, and uh, non-transmutable. Yeah. Good luck. So, oh. so Paul Atreides <sighs> does the water of life. He's and men don't take it. Men can't become Benny Jesuits except the, the Quitsat Satarak, basically. Yeah. So he's when he transmutes it's. Men can't do it because it kills them because they're not allowed to see into the ego memories of, of, uh, of, <laughs> of both genders. Okay. So when the Reverend Mother takes the water of life, she hears, she has the living memories of every single one of her ancestors, all thousands and thousands back to like, oh, wow. you know, to Agamemnon. Yeah, yeah. Um, or not Agamemnon, who's Agamemnon's wife, but, um, oh, right, right. But, yeah. Uh, oh. What was Agamemnon's wife? Is she the one that killed her two kids? Was she the one who was like who went crazy? Despite, yeah, yeah. I think it fed and fed Agamemnon the dirt. Is so- somebody oh. call in? If somebody could call in, if somebody could shout at their iPod right, <laughs> right now, now if you will, when you're hearing this in the future, I will look that up because <laughs> I almost studied classics and I and so which means that I almost cared enough. <laughs> anyway, thank God <laughs> for Wikipedia. Wikipedia should offer a master's degree. Uh, Wiki- I'm going to need a second source. Yeah. Uh, so- <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's so you- when so when Paul Atreides takes the water of life, he can he- hear the memories of both li- gender lines throughout all of history and has access to far more because, information. Because the women only hear back the, the women's female. Line. Yeah. So he can do both men and women. Yeah, that's what Paul's saying when he them. when Paul takes the water of life in the movie and says uh, and or and says afterwards and he says to Reverend uh, Helena. He says, I have been to that place you cannot look into or something like that. I forget yeah. what the line is. That's what he's talking about. He's okay. talking about the place that only a male can go and only because he's a quitsat cetera. Oh, right, right. So, and uh, only him himself. Yeah, the whole voice thing is really creepy, too, because they can he- talk to any one of their memories like it's a holodeck. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they just have a conversation. Again. Yeah. How, what, remember that, uh, remember that pulled pork recipe? Uh, my <laughs> could I get that? What spice did you use generally? <laughs> what? Exactly. Is a tablespoon, two teaspoons? Well, Paul, you know, uh, I, while, while I'm a big cinnamon man, I like a little spice in my pork. All right, I gotta go, I gotta go destroy some enemies. I'll be right back, generally. <laughs> yeah, that's his sister, Alia. Do you remember the movie, his sister, Alia? She was tiny. She was born, her, uh, Paul's mom was forced to take the water of life to become the Sayadina of uh, the Fremen siege that had rescued them, sort of rescued them, but oh, then right. threatened to kill them. Um, and she was pregnant with the daughter, and that daughter became a, a like a fetus reverend mother. That's right. She was an abomination to yes. the Benny Jesuit. Jesuit. And what they mean by abomination is that you need the full Benny Jesuit Pranabindu neural control training year like li- a lifetime's worth of it to avoid falling prey to all to the madness of listening to tens of thousands of your ancestors right. all of whom will be clamoring to take center stage in your consciousness okay so uh, and how did Alia deal with that i she, can't remember three books into it she's basically makes a deal with the baron harkonnen ancestor to shut up the others if uh, and she'll share a little bit of her consciousness but eventually the baron harkonnen con- ego takes over and it, the, and she becomes evil. She becomes evil, and uh, and eventually she regains just enough control 
uh, to throw herself out a window and die. So it's, you know, happy endings. Oh, happy endings. Happy endings. Excellent. Happy endings. The heroes of the first book in the movie that we all love mm-hmm. just turn out to be total D-bags two books in. <laughs> Paul's like a pussy who wusses out and, like, gets blinded and goes into the desert to die like Fremen do when they're blinded or wounded too badly. And Alia succumbs to the this temptation, leaving all the burden on both of Paul's kids. And so, yeah, but Paul has two kids. Are they both like, Le- one boy, one girl? Yeah, Leto and Ganima. Okay. Ganima. And so Leto becomes the god emperor. Yeah. And you know what? He and his sister, there's this really sweet scene in the book where they're talking about like which one of them could it be? Cause it was, I think it was the probability was open that it could be one or the other. And some small thing tilted it when for Leto to say, you know what? I'll do it. It makes more sense that because you know this person and you, we have to convince them to do this. You go off and live and this. And be diplomatic and yeah, I'll and, be a giant worm. Yeah. I mean, you'll still be like this amazing fucking messianic creature, but right. I'm going to be this messianic monster. <laughs> God monster who lives wow. for 5,000 years or something. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. How does he hold court? Because he, he's big. He's huge. I mean, he kills a lot of people. He's, you know, he's over the th- 5,000 years, he's made the entire universe dependent on his whim because he's, he built up this massive stockpile of the spice and then started terror, seriously terraforming dune so there was a lot more spice a lot less spice because of all right. the water and shit and fewer worms mm-hmm. and so there's a shortage and everybody's like more spice more spice mm-hmm. more spice but it's all part of his plan called the golden path to keep you know that only he can see that far into the future about and he knows like at a certain point he's gonna die and yeah blah 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 but it's it's does like he have kids before he becomes a worm or does no. it go down on no. Gamera's side. <laughs> Gamera. Ganima, Ga- Ganima or Ganina, okay. I forget. But, uh, no, he has no kids. He's just the god emperor of Dune. Who... And, and so essentially the last books are entirely about him. No, no, he's, he's around for god emperor of Dune. I think that's it. But his legacy, his, the other books are like sort of shift ones more, way more about the Benny Jesuits and their chapter house. Okay. Uh, and another one, Really spends a lot more time on, uh, the Te, 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 Te Laxu, who were like, I know, dude, just. No, no. Just, no, I did, no, I just, no, I know, I know, but it's like, that's another fucking thing we haven't even talked about. And they're like one of the main drivers of the whole fucking plot. The, what are they? the Bene Te Laxu, Te, Te Laxu, ugh, fuck you words. <laughs> they're like, they're basically, they, they went a different path with how to create uh, manipulate the world and they, oh. they're genetic manipulators and masters well. of, di- di- totally different. They're a different way. They look like sharp teeth, little like mo- monster people. And okay. they think they're the chosen ones basically of okay. the Zen Sunni faith, which is the precursor to the Fremen and the major religion of the universe. Of, Holy of, smokes. Just what, what do you even, how, how do you unpack this? You don't like, well, no, wh- no. You just, what you do is you reread it 19 times and every yeah. three years you read it again. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that yeah. You can, that you can get another layer and then forget. Yeah, as you get older, as your memory gets worse too, it's great to be like, I think I lost book three. I, <laughs> eh, we're okay with that book three. I'm... Sean Crespo, it's been an hour. Thanks for having me. This has been fascinating and I think I got to reread Dune now. Yeah, please reread at least if you do nothing else read one of the prequels and one of the like the next book that you hadn't read even if you reread the books you had read okay just to like just to like get some sense of the vastness and i I know the writing won't be like everybody's like ah it's not a frank it's like of course it's not but 
you're used to drinking from a pristine well. This one has a, you, you have to drink from this puddle. It's the only water. You can starve to death, <laughs> so, third, starve of thirst, or you can drink some dirty you water. You can have some brackish. Yeah, That'd have some. <laughs> <laughs> Just skim the top. At Sean Crespo, you guys. Go see him do stand-up comedy. Go to Lasers in the Jungle in yeah. New York City. UCB East. UCB East. 7.30 p.m. starting in February. Starting in February. What day of the week? Thursdays. Yeah, sorry. Thursdays. That's, that would be helpful. Thursday, yeah. 7.30 p.m. Uh, a lot of fun peeps. UCB East. It was a fun show. I did it. And uh, you should go see it. And thank yep. you so much for being on the show. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. Next time you're in the city, you know, uh, give me a heads up, and we'll uh, we'll have you on again. And maybe we can, uh, Carol and I can prepare a pork. Oh, fair enough. That'll be lovely. She's from Alabama. Okay. Ooh, Alabama. Thanks for listening, folks. Take care of each other out there. Okay, bye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we, you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?